Is it really surprising that I cat game did well on the internet? Hello everybody and welcome back to the Dragon's Library. Today I will be reviewing the recently released Stray, an adventure game developed by Blue 12 Studios, in which you explore a future robot city as a stray cat. Now, before we get into the gameplay, let's go over the premise. You start out as one of four stray cats living in an overgrown abandoned facility. One day, while the cats are exploring, the player falls down a hole and finds himself in an underground city cut off from the outside world. The city itself shows signs of human habitation from a long time ago, but is now inhabited only by robots and strange bacteria-like creatures. After being led to a laboratory, the player frees an artificial intelligence by giving it a small robotic body. The amnesiatic AI and your cat set off to escape the city and discover the mystery of what happened, with the additional aid of various robotic citizens. With all that out of the way, let's get into the gameplay. Stray advertised itself as an adventure game, which is spot on. There is a lot of platforming, but that should have some massive air quotes around it. All the jumping in this game is contextual, and can be very ambiguous as to whether or not something is large enough to jump on. Personally, I found this restrictive and sometimes confusing. Although, as I said, this is an adventure game, and it shows. But I would argue it has enough gameplay to be considered more than a walking simulator. A recurring segment has you running away from or outmaneuvering the bacteria swarms. This was honestly one of the most engaging segments gameplay-wise, and was pretty fun. For the first half of the game, it looked to be a core mechanic, as the initial quests show you how to trick swarms into certain positions, lure them away, and use them to your advantage. Then you get a low-charge weapon that can destroy clumps of them and have to use it to get past a large area of infestation. To be honest, I was all in for the cat versus miniature headcrab swarm, but around the middle of the game it just stops, your light gets destroyed, you reach the upper levels, and then you don't see the bacteria for the rest of the game. The gameplay segments begin to revolve around much less engaging stealth system, which is fairly buggy and just plain frustrating. And while the upper cities seem to have more to do, the range of interactions feels lacking compared to the starting slums. The graphics do look great on the PS5, with a vibrant cyberpunk robot metropolis underneath a fake night sky. The homes are littered with the remnants of former human inhabitants as their robots, now with other creators, begin to mimic their behavior. The inhabitants are colorful characters with fun designs, just looking at a robot can tell you so much about it. And the inherent ridiculousness of them talking to a cat is amusing, although that is explained by the fact that none of them have ever seen a cat before. The city, particularly the slums, are sprawling three-dimensional levels with lots to explore. Tiny background details flesh out small abandoned rooms with loads of character. The tiny reminders of humanity deepen your desire to uncover the mystery of their demise, even if the answer to that mystery itself isn't really anything special. The controls are nice and responsive, although there is a recurring problem by jumping prompts latching onto another platform at the last second, but the haptic feedback of the PS5 controller are in full display throughout the rest of the game. Various interactions allow you to scratch up rugs and doors, mostly with no gameplay benefit, and the haptic feedback lets you feel the tension as you scrape your claws across different surfaces. Finally, you are the annoying cat begging to be fed. Stray is a pretty short game, though, only about six to eight hours long. As a result, many of my criticisms, such as the less fleshed-out later areas, stand out more dramatically. This causes the second half of the game to fare even worse when compared to the first half, because of the reduced length. Meanwhile, the story, which was lighthearted in the opening, becomes more serious in these same chapters. The ridiculous idea of a cat talking with robots that was funny begins to conflict with the more straight-faced second half of the game, where that same cat becomes the icon of a new robot resistance. As a result, many of the more dramatic scenes fall flat. In conclusion, while Stray is a beautiful game with an interesting premise and entertaining gameplay in the first half, it is severely brought down by its less interesting second half and a loss of that core gameplay. The stealth gameplay is too serious, plot point to bring down what was a light breezy adventure, 
And there really were only a handful of unique ideas making this interesting to begin with. Not a masterpiece, but it's short and doesn't overstate its welcome. I would say give it a try, at least for the first half, or maybe an hour or two. It's only $30, so I'd score this at a 7 out of 10. Could be better, could be worse. Ooh, man, we are off script. Okay, everybody, welcome to the spoiler section. I'm trying out some new openings, see if this one works better than last time's. <laughs> anyway, as you can tell, I didn't really have much to say about this game. It's pretty short, uh, especially compared to last, you know, the last review, which was like a 25-hour book, which, yeah, Ordinary Monsters was really good. Really liked it. And it's a shame, because I really wanted to like Stray more than I did, but when I look back... Most of my favorite memories with the game are from the first half. The slums were way more interesting. And I think it really is because the head crab bacteria swarm was a fascinating antagonist, especially as a cat. Uh, in the later levels, you almost seem to be going through like the motions of regular video games, whereas in the earlier levels, you were doing interesting things, like the chase sequences, where you ha where they were like swarming all over the place. It was almost like trying to avoid liquid. Like they would move around like a wave. And you'd have to, you know, kind of try and predict where they were going to be. And if you got caught by a few, it wasn't game over. You had to shake them off, but you can't shake any off while you're jumping. So if you, uh, they catch you too close to an edge, you better hurry up and mash that X button. It was fun, you know? But, uh, moving on from that, I guess I should go over, like, the plot. Although, I'm more just going to kind of go over the things that I didn't get right, which was actually quite a few. So, I was reading this as a lot more dystopian than it actually was. I mean, don't get me wrong, the human parts were dystopian, but the cat things are more, like, optimistic about the future. And they weren't going to be, like, depressing-ish. I guess they tried to make you feel bad for the fucking Roomba, but, you know. Uh, anyway, when I first found the AI... Uh, that was connected to, like, big network and was like, I need to get out of here, out of this computer. I was like, oh, this is Skynet, isn't it? This is the AI that killed all the humans or whatever. No, he's actually a human who uploaded his consciousness into a computer to preserve humanity after they all, you know. Apparently there was some kind of biological contamination up, up in the real world. And humanity believed the Earth was lost. So they sealed themselves in underground bunkers. However, over time, they just slowly dwindled away in population and died, most of them from resource scarcity. The scientists lived in one of the slummier areas, uh, and it was literally a plain thing where, you know, it's a cyberpunk thing where the rich people live on top, literally live on top of the poor. So he had, you know, resentment towards the others and realized the world outside might actually be habitable and wanted to open the world up. Unfortunately... He uh, got got or something, and we don't really know the robot. I mean, 100% the robot's memory, so I don't know exactly what happened to him in the end. But, yeah. So, we're basically working with a human-turned-robot, which is interesting. Um, the robots all, you know, essentially were... They were essentially the walking versions of that Siri robot Amazon made recently. They even have those same kind of faces. And as a result, they didn't really know what to do. Some of them retained their programming, like a lot of the security drones up in the top layers, but a lot of the helper ones were given, like, emotion-mimicking stuff, and eventually they AI learned how to feel again. I guess for the first time since, you know, they were robots. It's plausible enough, I guess. I mean, that's not really how AI works. As a programmer, I find it as an affront to nature, but I guess we're working with future tech, so who knows how developed their AI was before they turned. Um, and they were clearly meant to mimic human emotion at the bare minimum, so, meh. 
Like, you know, get into the whole argument of if it can mimic human emotions, does it still feel it? And I'm like, making an AI actually feel things is something that we are still trying to do and might be a very bad idea. Uh, but, you know, that's just, you know, that's real world. We don't want to get that here. <laughs> get, get that out of here. Anyway, over the years, the bacteria did manage to get into the world, the inside the factory, you know, inside the uh, bunker. I mean, there was a trash chute that we fell into. So, yeah, obviously, it's not completely sealed anymore. However, it did it, it did eat a lot of biological life, but it apparently couldn't eat the robots, at least at first. There are some news articles uh, from the robots, specifically, where there's, like, a certain point, like, a few decades or maybe a few centuries ago. It's hard to tell time with beings that don't really age. Anyway, it's an old newspaper that says... The bacteria eat metal now. It's like, oh no, it's not just eating a handful of like rats or birds or whatever that got da- trapped down here with us. It's eating robots. Now this is a problem. Uh, so basically huge swaths of the lower city got walled off. And the last few survivors down there essentially like literally, again, they're, you know, the poor robots living under the rich ones. Uh, a lot of the connective areas got torn away and it's just really hard for travel now. Actually, it's kind of funny. There's this whole scene when we first arrive in the city, uh, and everyone's running away. Like, one guy sees us, and the entire city starts fleeing into panic shelters because uh, they think a piece they think a piece of the bacteria got through. Because the only organic thing they've seen for centuries has been the bacteria that's learned how to eat metal, uh, which I think is personally hilarious. Like, no, I'm not even joking. This might just outright be one of the funniest things ever watching a bunch of robots run in fear and there's this this is like you know monk robot with like a one of those uh, circular style bamboo hats and a, and a bow staff and he's like i will face you monster and she's like meow it's then after a few seconds they realize like wait you're not bacteria you're furry oh all right everybody false alarm it's just some Thing. They really do not know what to make of you. They're all like, you're so weird. It's like, well, I guess the creators were fleshy too. I <laughs> oh, love it. I, I genuinely love the way the robots are just confused at the cat. There are even like a few interactions where you can just like find a robot laying on a bench and you can just like curl up in his lap. And he has that thing that happens with all organic creatures where they're just like, they wake up, realize it's in their lap and they don't want to move. <laughs> It's like, the cat just stares at him like, move and interrupt my nap and I will end you. I ended the flesh walkers long ago and I shall end you here now, machine. Heat up my pad. <laughs> no, I'm genuine. These are some of the funniest scenes. It's just like small little interactions you can have with the world that you can layer your own meaning on top of. Mm. I think it's called emerg- emergent gameplay. Immers- emergent gameplay, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's what that was. Emerging gameplay when the player makes their own enjoyment out of something. Yeah, you know, really interesting. I really liked it. It was definitely an experiment, and I like I keep saying this, but I loved the earlier levels because the, the slums were this big old three D thing where you could, like jump on top of the buildings, run around all the rooftops, find entrances to other buildings. The chase sequences with the bacteria were interesting. Uh, and they even showed evolving gameplay. I was actually really confused when those sequences stopped because it didn't really make sense. Like, they were building on it. First, they show you how to run away from them. Then they show you how the bacteria can be led that only you can jump a certain height. And the bacteria can only jump on certain uh, objects that are, like, above, uh, below this height, you know? 
So you can jump higher than them. Use that to get advantage. Okay, here's how you run away from. Make sure that they're not lashed onto you while you're jumping or they're going to swarm you. Um, and over time, you got more skills and you showed them how. You even had to lead them. There was even this one thing that, like, I swear, it looked like it was setting up a later puzzle. Where basically you had this, uh, a bunch of bacteria trapped in this cage on a building and you were trying to activate an elevator. But in order to activate, you need something inside there in order to jump up on these beams. Essentially, you need to get inside there, but they were in there. And so what happened was you had to lure them out. You had to, you had to open the gate, run away from them, jump back into the little, run, you know, run them all the way around the corner. Then use some boxes to quickly jump back up there. While they're distracted down there, you have to run in and close the gate so you can get there and set everything up. And then you even have to open the gate, roll something out, and then run away from them again so that they can do it. And there's all this, like, maneuvering them around and, you know, opening things. And it was all teaching you skills. And then you get a flashlight that's like a UV flashlight that can burn the bacteria away. But the original version, you need to hold generator, pause it, and uh, power it, and while the smaller beam... You know, smaller, low-intensity beam, not as, uh, doesn't have as great a distance, and it doesn't have the same, um, intensity. But it's still really useful. It's the only thing that can kill them. And you get that right before a major sequence, where you have to, like, go through this, like, uh, lost tunnel in order to access this secret entrance. And it's just like, okay, so you're setting up, you're clearly setting up later puzzles and later sequences. And then, no, after you get to the second one, you go up, go up to the top, and it's robots now. It's all robots. You're just stealthing away from security drones that display their cone of vision on this big old grid on the floor. And it's just like, what about the bacteria? I was enjoying the evasion sequences. You feel like a helpless cat trying to outsmart or run away from this on wave, this, you know, oncoming tidal wave of death. It was actually really engaging. It felt like a small creature running from a bunch of tiny predators. Like, like, a, um, like someone trying to swim in the Amazon surrounded by piranhas, you know? It had this really cool feel. I'm not even joking. I didn't even joke earlier when I called them head crabs in the you know review proper. They really do look like them, and I was just like so interested in that. I liked it as a core gameplay mechanic. I was rushing through some of the story sequences back then just to get there, and then when I got to the the city, I was like, oh no, they're gonna make me stealth around these fucking robots over three stories. When they made me start, like, you know, 3D platforming around the head crabs, I was engaged. The robots made me want to throw up my hands and be like, ugh. Because the entire game had shown you how to move fast away from the head crabs. And the, the stealth section just threw a roadblock and said, nope, sorry, you don't get to do that. Uh-uh. And I'm just like, why? Why did you, why did you try and turn this fast-paced action into slow-paced action? That just, it's... It, it's fine, and the thing is, the stealth wasn't even that good. The robots were so numerous, and especially, like, you only got, like, a handful of levels with them, and they were so numerous, especially in the later ones. It was just like, why? Why are we doing this? We're a cat. They shouldn't even care about us. Like, I don't know. I'm just frustrated. Plus, there was this whole thing where you're supposed to, like, hide in boxes. Okay, I need to rant about this, too. So I was trying to run past them and I got caught and I, you know, managed to evade their shots because a single hit will kill you um, or knock you out or whatever. And there are these little boxes where you can hide in them. And even if they've seen you, they'll actually lose you if you're in a box, even if they see you go into it. So I went in the box and hit. And all the ones around me started shooting the box and they got all confused and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Um, 
So I waited, you know, waited. It's like, okay, gonna move away, go yellow, then go green, okay. And I waited. I waited and I waited and I waited. Okay, we hop out of the box. Nope, they automatically saw me. Okay, you'll hop back in the box. I did that like five times waiting. One time I waited like three minutes, okay? This box was positioned in the sight cones of one of the robots at all times. That's just bad game design. I was literally trapped there. I couldn't do anything. I just had to like sit there and lose the game. I just had to restart from an autosave. It was so frustrating and so annoying. Like, if it's not a safe spot to put a box, don't put it there. Like, I can't tell you how much I grew to hate these stealth sections. They were just pointlessly annoying. Like, if you don't want to have gameplay, just don't have gameplay. But if you do want to have gameplay, you have a, like, commitment. Commit to it. You know, if you're going to have the Chasey Headcraft gameplay, have them start infesting the major city. Maybe maybe you uh, accidentally left a grade open or you destroyed something important while you were trying to escape them. And that means they got into the top city. And now you have the robot guards trying to suppress them. And you maybe get caught in the crossfire. There are ways to keep this gameplay. You could design the guards to mimic the headcraft things. Maybe they're a swarm that goes all over the place and you have to run away from them. You know, scurrying through specific areas only you can reach. There were ways to do this, and the game just said, screw that, I want to have a stealth section because I'm boring, I'm bland, I don't want to be interesting anymore. Like, it really does feel like the game designers just said, nah, screw it, make a robot, we'll prefab that a bunch of times, and uh, there we go, slap some stealth sections on this. They are so lazily put together. I did not come off across this angry, but, like, talking about it out loud, I remember that horrible scene where I was trapped in that box and that moment where I realized I'm going to have to redo this whole section because this box is not placed in a way that allows it to, you know, be effective for its purpose. It is not a hiding place. It is a death trap. And not like a death trap you should have seen. It's just a flat-out death trap. The game designer put in there for the lulls, I guess. Like, it's just... That box shows me they weren't thinking about these levels. They were just throwing enemies around and saying, screw the player. And that's just not fun. So yeah, I genuinely think the first half... If I if I, the first half of this game had kept up the quality in the second half, like if that city had had the headcraft chase sequence and it had more fleshed out stuff going on, I'd probably have rated this thing like a 9 or a 10. Because I think it's a really good example of how to do it. I think the first half of this is a really good example of how to do an adventure game well. And the second half almost exactly shows you how to fuck it up. Which is frustrating. It's, it's, it's almost insanity inducing to show you the examples of both the best and worst of a genre in one game. It's schizophrenic almost. Like, holy shit. Saying it out loud just makes me go, like, what happened? What was the story behind this game's development? I want to know if there was some drastic shift during the development, because it feels like there was. They're looking at it. It really feels that way. Maybe, maybe. well, it, a lot of times games are developed, you know, in sequence. So maybe different, uh, a different group developed this. You know, a different team within the company was working on, you know, all the different teams were working on different sections. The slums team obviously knew what they are doing. The mid-team pretty much knew what they were doing. 
That last group, nah, they weren't they weren't on board. They weren't on board with the stuff the other two were doing, so they decided to do their own thing. Nobody will care. We can change up gameplay midway through the game. No, you can't. You can't. You can't do that without making progression feel pointless. Like, they didn't even destroy our regular light. They just blew up the UV bulb. It was so dumb, looking back on that. It's like, ugh. And, like, they didn't even try to pretend we were going to have headcrabs later. Like, they were just like, nope, they don't need that anymore. Blow it up. It's like, you could have used it for a different puzzle, you know? You didn't have to blow up the only progression piece of progression we've gotten since, like, the early stages of the game. So, yeah. With all that said and done, there's not really not much to say about this. Like I said, it was only six to eight hours, and that's a gameplay, which has a lot of repetitive sequences in between. So, um, yeah, that's about it. See you guys next time. Um, for those of you who want to stick around for our announcements, let's get on to them. These are the, specifically the announcements for our podcast, because I will be recording different announcements for the YouTube videos going forward with the previous episode. So, yeah, let's get into that. This coming week, okay, I'm recording this on Tuesday, so on Friday, we are going to have a review of Hasbun Hotel. That's right, a new episode is out, and I have to review it on its own, because I cannot wait. Seriously, I've been starved for Hasbun content. I must have watched the stuff on YouTube at least 20 times while I was waiting. It is going to be a trip. This is a really good episode, too, so. See you guys then. Uh, don't worry, I'm going to be streaming. By the time this goes up on YouTube, I will have been streaming, but when it's really stayed on podcast, no, I'm not streaming this week. I mentioned that in the previous episode, but yeah, I'm on call, so. And it's uh, looking like it's not going to be a, a fun on-call week. This is uh, actually been a stressful night, so. See you guys next time. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to The Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library 2. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.